of Phoenix Frontlines podcast. I am Dark Matter Dreads here as usual with Kraken. Hello. And today I am pleased to announce we have a very special guest. We have Lee Percy Christian joining us today. How's it going, Percy? How's it going? How's it going? Oh, it's good. It's good to have you. It's good to be here. It is good to see you, brother. Yeah, it's good to be here. You have a crazy story. And yeah, yeah, I just honestly, this episode, I just want to let you this is this is your platform brother i want you to speak and and i want you to tell your story so i really appreciate that i'm, I'm honored thank you for having me you know absolutely uh, just started listening to podcasts 2020 has been a crazy year <laughs> yeah it has um, i actually just started listening to podcasts so being on one is quite an experience so i really appreciate it and thank you all for this chance and this opportunity and to even be sitting here is an honor you know after this crazy week that i experienced these past two weeks they've been Pretty overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, so, you know, um, just a little bit about me. Um, you know, I'm 27. Um, I'm originally from the Midwest, born in Indianapolis, raised in um, the Cleveland area, um, Shaker Heights, Solon, and um, originally moved out here in about 2011 to go to college. Okay. Um, so I started off um, in Levine. And traveling all the way to South Mountain Community College and taking mm-hmm. classes and, you know, trying to, like, have a, a nice college career for myself. Yeah. Uh, you know, life happens, twisting your turns. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up having to go back to Ohio, bounced around. Um, I got family in North Carolina, so I spent some time there. Beautiful place. Yeah. Um, but I always felt like there was just some things unfinished here, just something about Phoenix. Um, right. I wanted to finish school first, but you know, right. just something about being here brought me back in 2016. So I was here, spent the past few years just, you know, growing, uh, enjoying my 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, right. You know, 2020 came. George Floyd, Deion yeah. Johnson, as you all know. Um, yeah. What we experienced these past few months has been one hell of a ride. It's been crazy. It's been it's been very crazy. It's an understatement. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. That's, that's funny you mentioned because I actually came out here for the first time in 2011 as well okay. for, for school also. I went to yeah. a trade school and then moved out to L.A. for a bit Awesome. Uh, and just came back here like two years ago. So like, it's funny yeah, how that it, was, it was just a weird parallel. Yeah, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Something just draws you back to this place. Mm-hmm. Like, Phoenix is, um, like you feel like you, you don't want to leave anything unturned. Like there's just so much to experience. Yeah. So I, I'm glad I came back. You know? So just to what... Um, obviously george floyd and and deon johnson here in the phoenix area really sparked a lot of emotions in the community but you ended up being part of you know the leadership in some of these events like very early on how did you get into that you know i i'm like a day oneer Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of these events in terms of the protest movement in itself that was downtown specifically right um you know, I remember seeing, you know, I believe that was like a Wednesday or Thursday <clears throat> and just the reports coming in, you know, people were forming downtown, people mm-hmm. were forming downtown. And the first night I didn't make it downtown. That was like the first, first night. Same. Right. Then after that, I was like, nah, I'm never going to miss it again. And you just started to see 
just more and more people starting to show up, but there was no direction. That yeah. Happened. Yeah. I mean, like you're seeing hundreds of people. And for someone like me, who is emotionally inclined because one of the black men, too, like I truly care about what's happening in my community, right. in society. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Like, how does, right. this, how does this work? You know, what's this yeah. protest movement? And how does this work? Like, is it really just people like getting together downtown and we just yelling and screaming? Like, what's going to happen? Right. So, you know, I just kept going down there, just being supportive. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you're just down there and you just want to, you know, utilize. I just wanted to utilize my voice. You know, I wasn't trying to be down there and like forcing myself to the front. Yeah. I, of course, I, it naturally happened because I feel like I'm black. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right. Looking People are going to follow you. Yeah. And yeah. I, maybe that's kind of how it happened because I'll never forget the first day because I'm yelling. I'm losing my voice the first few days. Mm-hmm. Throat's all hurting. And, you know, I looked through and I found a shop that had the little battery packed one. Mm-hmm. You just flip the button. You know, you have to press the button. It's like really low. It's not too loud. Like, you know, the real bullhorns. But it was enough to, like, amplify your voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I picked that up. And I took it down one day, and I just like it was a flip of a switch. Mm. You know, like people were like, "Oh, he's listen- He's got something to say. He's speaking yeah. some truth." Yeah, out here. and um, you know, there was an unfortunate like I don't think anything happened in this movement is unfortunate. It was all experience, but something, someone transpired and kind of infiltrated very early on. Yeah, um, and we had to deal with that. Um, but yeah, he's someone who kind of like brought these that he saw were minorities mm-hmm. kind of like brought us all together okay i think i know who you're talking about yeah i can't even remember his name so much happened lucky yeah lucky, lucky yeah lucky this guy <laughs> this guy who we like who initiated a lot of bs in the movement but just from its um from the beginning you know he tried to form something and he did yeah, yeah. It, it turned it up we we actually became kind of like a conglomerate and that formed into, you know, a quote unquote organization. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's a lot of history behind that. So maybe not his his original intentions, but. No, nah, not his intentions, but yeah, good things right. came from it. You know what I'm saying? Because these are the first few days. Yeah. Um, and this is prior to Ducey, um, or, or up until Ducey made his curfew. Yes. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and that Those was nights like were big. Huge. Yeah, they were. That was my first night out. The curfew night? Yeah. Monumental. First night of curfew. Monumental. First night of mm-hmm. curfew is monumental. You know, and <sighs> I had so much passion, man. Like, I was one of the ones like, yeah, we need to break this curfew. Mm-hmm. You know I, mean? like, mm-hmm. I wanted to stay so stay many nights. And, That's why I went out that first yeah, night. Yeah, it's like, Because, like, I had wanted to already. I was watching it on the news, and mm-hmm. I was like, fuck, like, this fuck I need to get, like, get out here. And then when they, it was a Sunday, and I remember seeing the notification on my phone that, yeah, they're instigating a curfew. I was like, Okay, fuck that. I'm going out mm-hmm. tonight. Like, no, tonight, tonight. Like, I'm in. Bullshit. You yeah. know what I mean? Like a curfew. And then as soon as you leave downtown, there's no curfew. All mm-hmm. the other stores are open. And mm-hmm. you like yeah. start to realize, like, oh, you're just targeting yeah. protests downtown. And yeah. like, they started blocking the city off. Yes, that was. Yep. Yeah. So it was just a lot going on. And when, after the curfew, you know, I was like, I'm thinking there's not going to be that many people. There still were. Yeah. You know, there's mm-hmm. still people coming out. So we all get together and it forms until we rising. And we basically marched like thousands for like two weeks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that one. And, and say what you want. 
And, you know, everyone has their own opinions about us coming in and taking that, you know, and using that platform. But shit. No one else was there. Right. As much as I, I love these organizations mm-hmm. now, you know, don't get me wrong. I have so much appreciation for all of these organizations in the Valley. But at the time, mm-hmm. coming from somebody who all I had was my voice, you know right. what I'm saying? And my feet. Yeah. And it's like there's thousands of people in this valley who had the same, who wanted the same exact thing. And we didn't have an outlet. And one thing I'm thankful for is being able to come together and bring, you know, a group of 10 to 15 people and say, let's try to figure out how we can make it happen. Yeah. And it was like, did it happen the way that maybe it should have? No, maybe not. Things went right. Things went wrong. We made mistakes. And like, we were young. We didn't understand. But at least it provided that. People wanted to use the platform, find some yeah. type of platform. So I was thankful for that. And I was thankful that we were able to have that. Over time, like, you know, I'm caring more about the movement than I am what the organization truly is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I care about the Black Lives yeah. Matter. The I movement care. is what it's all about yeah. when it comes down to I, it. The, like, one thing that I learned was that, you know, organizations, when it comes to protest movements, they have a place, but they really, they don't. They walk such a thin line. They have to be careful of what they can claim, what they can't claim and right. along those lines. So you're like, well, they're just meant to technically be like a vessel. You yeah. know what I mean? They can't put too much on it. Can't put too much. So the deeper yeah. we got into our organization, We Rising, I just started to realize that I love what we're doing. But I don't want to get sidetracked. You know, yeah. I don't want yeah. I don't want to start focusing on, you know, when you talk organizations, you're looking hierarchies, uh-huh. you know, talking about like what's it going to look like getting, bringing in grants what politicians and things along those lines and right now i'm like man, we, we need to stop police brutality you know we're still fighting mm-hmm. like brothers in the streets just dying sisters in the streets dying at the hands at innocent hands you know by the police by the ones mm-hmm. that we are supposed to be looking up to to protect us right that was the whole focus for me right you know what i mean so for for me it was to i wanted to focus my attention towards protesting and more direct action, mm-hmm. you know, focusing on direct action because it's like, man, enough is enough. Yeah, you know, like one thing I learned was just there's been so much reform already. Yeah, yeah. You know, after, after a while, you just get to that level of frustration. I'm pretty sure so many people were at in the beginning of the summer. Yep. You know, so I I I just fell in love with just protesting and being out there with the people, and um, you know, just joining it, everybody coming together. And uh, we took it from Phoenix and we went to Maryville. And, yeah. You know, it was just like the Paradise Valley. Yeah. We tried to, we tried. <laughs> Where we, really we were needed, we, we went. We were so yep. close to like really being out here, yeah. you know? And yeah. it was just so beautiful. It was such an amazing experience. That's where my heart was, mm-hmm. you know? And I still hadn't found like a place and I still haven't. I'm, I'm looking for like that perfect place where I fit within the movement. You know what I mean? Where it's not just yeah. protesting. You know? Yeah. Where it's like, where the real work, you know, when I, I used to get offended. Like, what do you mean? We, we really work on the streets and protest. But, like, work is in, like, infiltrating the system. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Right. Forcing change mm-hmm. through policy. Mm-hmm. Teaming up and, and building a nice network and developing an understanding of where politicians who are moving into these chambers and moving into these next opportunities, where their minds are, where their policies are, and where they stand. That's really, you know, what I'm trying to, where do I, where can I put myself in that? You know what I mean? And how can I use my voice or how can I use who I am as a tool to like try to 
to to force that change because I care so much. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, absolutely. So the 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 protesting is is the beautiful part, and it, it's what brought me here. But it's like now I know it doesn't just stop here. So it's yeah, like finding. Yep. There's there's a whole like world of things that can contribute to mm-hmm. progress. It's not just about going out in the streets. I mean, uh, yeah, that's, that's important. Like we got to make our voices heard. We got to make people make sure people know we're we're sick of this shit. But yeah, there's there's just so much more to it. There's so much, and it's like I'm trying to figure out like you know, you protest and like that energy. You you know, so much adrenaline. You know what I mean? So much emotion. Mm-hmm. So much raw emotion. And um, it's so it's amazing, and it got me to this point, and it's finding how I can push it to that next point, you know. And I've never, you know, right now I can't protest, but it's like I always want to be able to, even when they try to silence one one way, like okay, well I can do this, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, and mm-hmm. I can like go in this realm, and um, you know that's where I'm at now, you know that's what's next for me. My next steps are just trying to figure out, you know. I think that the community knows how much I love them. I think hopefully they know how much I appreciate the community because I, I've been out here putting in work like so hard up until like I don't even care about the arrest, none of that. Like just pouring my heart out, showing the community like I'm gonna be on the front lines mm-hmm. every time I can with you guys. You know what I'm saying? And I'm gonna like my mask is off. Like they can see my face. I don't have any like there's no quarrels like I'm not fear I don't have any fear in my heart because I care about the people I care about the community I care about the movement being on the front lines out there is protesting but now it's trying to see how I can be on the front lines and just in the community in general mm-hmm. showing them that I'm here and that I care and like that's why I'm thank you all for yeah letting me be here yeah no thanks for being here rambling <laughs> <laughs> no it's good <laughs> hey that's the, that's the point I said man today this is this is your show I just want I want I wanted to create this podcast not only to get the word out of like what's actually happening out here in Phoenix, uh, also to like educate people on you know just American history and why we're here, but also like to build a platform to amplify voices in the movement. And that's this is exactly why we're here. And I'm glad that like you did this, you built you all built this platform, you know, because like this was something in my mind like we needed. Yeah, you know, like for me, I was like. I'm trying to figure out how to get to this point. Like, where can I make a podcast? And people are like putting ideas in your head. <laughs> you trying to figure it out. So like when I saw Phoenix Frontlines, instant follow. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like instant support. I left a message. I, I think I left a comment. There was some a lot of Instagrams popping up that yeah. were geared towards the movie. There's a bunch. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch. And there was like the Phoenix Pig Watch. And, mm-hmm. you yep. know, and I'm seeing all of this and I'm like, man, this is awesome. Yeah. I'm in love right now. Because it's like people are finding their place. Mm-hmm. People are finding ways to utilize their gifts and their assets to help push what we need to be doing in Phoenix. You know, and exactly. like I know I'm gonna get there and find what's mm-hmm. what's for me. But I celebrate everyone's success. So like, congratulations, Phoenix Frontlines Podcast. Because appreciate it's, that, it's, man. It's yeah. awesome. This is yeah. awesome. Yeah, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I like how you mentioned uh, Phoenix Pig Watch. I don't know if we've promoted that on the the podcast yet oh i've honestly i've meant to i feel like we may have mentioned it but in very like in just passing sure well here i want to talk about just a little bit it's basically a friend of mine is putting together a database database of all the phoenix police and their crimes Mm -hmm. so you can go straight to this phxpigwatch.com and you can you can find it's being updated 
constantly. So there, there's yeah. a certain, uh, I don't know what there is. Last I checked, there was at least a hundred uh, uh, listed that were murderers. Like yeah. there's more listed, but there was a hundred and like two at the time that were straight up murders. Yep. Yeah. And they're yeah. still on the force. Calling These them are, out, still on the force yeah. and like calling them out full name, yep. how much they make, mm-hmm. you know, don't that like they're lucky they're not being doxxed but they deserve to have all their information put out there mm-hmm. absolutely ask me there needs to be a database so that we can know where they are who they are where they come from mm-hmm. absolutely like what what the, what type of character art what do you have you know what type of stock do you come from that gives you the right to continue to walk around as a murderer mm-hmm. you know as someone that right. continues to make 70 to 60 to 70 thousand dollars right. a year Right, and you are constantly making mistakes. You know, there's cops out yeah. like that are still working that have killed multiple people. Yep. And, you know, like so. Shout they out. They have each other's backs. They have Dude, each other's it's backs. Sick. It's it's yeah. a it's a union. It's a brotherhood. It's, yeah. a, it's a conglomerate. You they're, know, a they, yep. you know, they're a gang. They're a gang. Mom. Yeah. Literally, they a mom. are. They're the the biggest gang in America. So the police. We have to hold them accountable. So yeah, absolutely. Pig watch. Keep doing what you're doing. Anyone out there in the movement, like please, like doing what you're doing because like i think it's awesome mm-hmm. especially here in the valley like seeing the growth this fast yeah you know what yeah. i mean like coming from someone who has been sitting back and has i love the black lives matter movement in this entire nation you know i was following mm-hmm. ferguson mm-hmm. you know yep. back then so I, i'm in tune and like you sit back and you're like well, what's going on here yeah you know? yeah so, like to mm-hmm. see like now the gears are moving the wheels are turning like it's a beautiful thing absolutely yeah. Absolutely. And if you guys know of any police officers here in Phoenix and their crimes and anything about them, you can contact Phoenix Pig Watch mm-hmm. and let them know so they can update their site. So uh, anyone can contribute. Please do. If you if, again, if you know any officers that are abusing their powers, what was I think it was just the news update episode we did. We one of the stories was like a certain number of NYPD officers were facing like multiple complaints against oh, yeah. them like for for misconduct and and not following policy and all this and these were like the specific protest police the mm-hmm. ones assigned to the protest the they're assigned to the protest yep. and like and I'm, i was just speaking to i believe a family member about that you know like it feels as if the ones who are assigned to quote unquote monitor us have some type of vendetta yes you know what i mean yeah like they, it absolutely they does. like put their names down and say like yeah put, put me, me down, down. i mm-hmm. want to do this and mm-hmm. because i'm either you have just these like you're racist mm-hmm. or you have these prejudiced tendencies that you want to be able to um, express the same way that we're able to protest you know yep. I mean? like, they get some type of rush we know that mm-hmm. and it's, it's it's not okay but that's what you can like sense like they have some, oh, yeah. something it's personal it definitely is I, it's I'm personal. pretty sure I've said that on the show when we were talking about one of our many experiences with the police here I was like it definitely seems like the way that they'll look at you and interact with you while they're brutalizing people. You, it definitely feels like they enjoy doing oh, it. Oh yeah, oh yeah, they enjoy it for sure. Yeah. And you can like when you get arrested, and like I've been arrested twice at protest or coming from protest, and um, like when you, it's it's one thing to be around the ones who are arresting you, and then like you start moving and like, different cops start coming. And their like energy just isn't as intense. Mm. Yep. You know it's what a I big mean? change. Yeah, it's a big change. Mm-hmm. And like I've spoken to other like Jonah, like he tells me a story about how like we we, we don't side we, we don't shut up when we're out there. 
you know, and when we get arrested, it's like we sh- we don't shut up. Right. As we're being arrested, we're still protesting and using our voice and letting the cops know. And, and Jonah has given me an example of, you know, him breaking a cop down. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I can tell times of when I was in the police car and they were transferring me. And, you know, I'm having phone blown conversations and just like letting them know, like, my perspective, mm-hmm. you know, why the country is moving in this perspective or towards this perspective. Yeah. And that, you know, we like it's obviously morally demoralizing. It has to hurt, you know, mm-hmm. like it has to you have to feel like oh, the, yeah, they're on the, the pain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the ones who aren't within this Phoenix police protest thing, you know, those pro those those police officers, you can tell they're like their their morals are kind of you know they're down you know they don't feel as like the energy aren't the energy isn't as high you know what i mean like when you really get to talking to them and like i had one officer tell me you know it's demoralizing seeing the movement you know put down you know something that i thought i was doing that was going to change society you know what i mean and like he put it like um he was former military and he was like you know i'm coming from the military and I thought being a police officer would be similar. And I had to explain to him, you know, as a minority, that doesn't really make much sense. You're fighting for American freedom. You're fighting for the freedom of all. Mm -hmm. You don't get to make a decision and say, well, I only want to fight for the freedom of these type of people. But when you become a police officer, you get to say, like, yeah, I'm going to leave these people alone if I want to. Mm -hmm. I, I like him. You get to pick and you get to choose. Yeah. There's no, there's no comparison, right? There's like, so how can you have pride in that? If you know that it's nine times out of ten, there you're you're getting it wrong. Like you're choosing most most of your um, associates are choosing to make these prejudiced decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. When when the system overall has a trend of that kind of behavior of discriminatory behavior against people of color, specifically black people. You, if you're an officer, you have to reflect on that. You have to try and understand mm-hmm. why that is, and you have to make a decision if you want to participate in that system or not. Right. You know, I've heard officers say, and I mean, I, it's not just in the police. People say this in the workforce. They think they're going to come in and change the system. Yeah. I thought so, too. I was like, for a time, I wanted to be a cop because I was like, I'll be a good cop. Right, but, you know, and it's but it's natural nah. for you to have that like hero's mentality. Yeah. Right? Sure, absolutely. You know, like that's part of the American dream that's instilled in us and conditioned that mm-hmm. you can make a change. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, but like no, you're, you're in the system. Yeah. Yep, and that system and is strong, and good. it's been built from from the beginning, from yeah. the bottom up, mm-hmm. from the yep. roots of American slavery. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's deeply entrenched in what the like foundation of our nation is at this mm-hmm, point. Mm-hmm. What yep. makes you think that you can make any dent? No, from None. the inside as it's, one individual. It's a drop in the ocean. It's literally like you are gonna fizzle out before you can even think you're gonna get started because you're like you get fired. Yeah, for you, being a good cop. you're right. You you're gonna get the, fired being a good cop. Examples of yeah, that. Yeah, like the, or you're gonna get suppressed. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm don't snitch you know what i mean like their rules in the police force apply to rules of basically like you said gangs and 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 people that run the streets and and, and street treat you know what i'm saying just street rules yeah Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like don't snitch on your don't don't snitch on your brother in blue yeah absolutely like don't 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 
talk about what you witnessed, you know, and it's like, what makes you think that you're going to make any change in that? You know what I mean? You're not going to be able to. It's it's unfortunate to accept, but like in certain times it's better off being practical about things. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, and that's helped me understand like it's enough is enough. Like we can only do so much with this system. Right, but we also have to try to get people within politics to understand that this system needs to. It gotta go. go. You know, I don't think that politicians exactly. I don't think politicians here really have that yet. No, on either side, they They definitely don't. You know, and it's like we have to start somewhere. Yeah, beginning of the summertime, energy is high, emotions are high. I'm not gonna lie, I'm not the most political. So like I'm just like tear it all down, mm-hmm. you know, get rid of it, find a way, mm-hmm. you know, like I just, wish I really wanted to, I wanted to be like that. Yeah, like, just you know, really just dismantle the whole just thing, dismantle, right. run it all down, and then time keeps going. <sighs> all right, you yeah. know what? We can't be Seattle, we can't be Portland, but it doesn't mean that it needs to fizzle all the way out. Absolutely, right. you know, we can. I, like, there's we, still change we can make. Exactly, like there's still something. There's a lot to be done. There's a lot to be done and getting arrested in the time that I spent, the week that I spent in jail a little over a week made me realize like there's so much work to be done that they have built a system in which they don't want to, to let go of because they make so much money. Off yeah. Of. They, is, yep. they, is, is, the state. Is, yeah. they make so much money. Like my first, I've been arrested twice as well. And the, the main thing I noticed my first time around was how very specifically they designed mm-hmm. the jails in particular to yeah. be not just uncomfortable, but like they go out of their way to make it uncomfortable. Yeah, we talked about that when I got out. Yeah. Yeah. Like literally like the, and, and I've mentioned this before on the show when I was talking about my arrest, but there's, it's concrete benches yeah. that they put metal bars every like 24 inches maybe so that you can't lay down comfortably. You can't sit comfortably. There's a bar on the wall behind you. So you can't even like lean against the wall comfortably. And it's freezing fucking cold yeah, in there. Yeah. Freezing. And it's like all of that, like higher AC bill, especially here in Arizona, mm-hmm. fucking con- the, exactly. the cost to build concrete benches instead of just like putting chairs in there. Yeah. And you're doing all this to make it uncomfortable and this is jail this isn't prison right yeah. this, this is, is where jail. this is where City innocent jail. until proven yeah. guilty people are supposed to go literally they like, say that again innocent, innocent until proven like, guilty that system that is not that's not how it works i don't i can't speak on any other jail systems because i i'm not i haven't been in and out of anywhere else except here in Phoenix. Yeah, right. i was arrested in, in texas too and it's the same same shit. thing right you are treated like a fucking mm-hmm. criminal yeah and you haven't even had your court you haven't you haven't yeah, you're innocent you're innocent by the constitution by the constitution you still have your right of innocence yes but for some reason you are treated as if you're some type of animal mm-hmm. in a cage literally and the detention literally. officers and the correctional officers in that system even give you that perception you know, they like look in on you, not look out for you. Right. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Everyone's just looking in and checking in and like treating you as if like you're like really like a dog in a cage. Yeah. Not yep. like looking out, you know, and like making sure that your mental health and, you know, your your real physical health or you, you getting over your addiction and things that should really mm-hmm. be going on inside of jails. That doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. It, and it's dark. You know what I mean? It's, and like you said, it's expensive. But it also is like it, it doesn't allow for 
quote unquote alleged criminals to believe that there is any hope for them when they get out. Right. Absolutely. That's the real unfortunate part. It's focused on punishment rather than rehabilitation. Mm -hmm. It really is. Instead of being like, uh, oh, you stole this. Well, let's get to the root cause of why you stole this. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, it's because of all the systems in place that pushed you down to where you were borderline poverty, paycheck to paycheck every day of your fucking life. You're you're homeless. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're you're homeless. Like You don't have anywhere to go, so you didn't have anything to eat, so you stole this. Mm -hmm. You know, so instead of like developing like, okay, well, we need to make sure that we have enough homeless shelters in the city. Right. To make sure we have enough beds. And where can we get this money from? Oh, we, who has the biggest budget? The police. The police. <laughs> you know? So, like, they're like, More why? Than half of the budget. So, like, people are like, why are you focused on the police? Well, for one, outside of them just murdering innocent minorities, right. they have the biggest pockets. Yeah. So let's go for those pockets so that we can try to help our classrooms and help our homeless population. And people think that, oh, you're homeless because you want it to be. You know what I mean? Or you didn't work hard enough. And like, right. like that's not what it is at all anymore. People it's a, just. It's an ignorance and living in their bubble and, and thinking what they want to think and mm-hmm. looking at people how they want to look at and mm-hmm. saying, well, and just comparing their own personal experiences, which are vastly different. Yes. And not accounting for the uh you know the difference in and there shouldn't be some sort of quota for how hard you have to work in order to be comfortable like that shouldn't be right a thing yeah the whole should have a place to live right a a regular standard of living yeah Yeah, like the whole point of like society and civilization was that if we work together it's beneficial for Mm -hmm. more people like back when we were nomadic people walking around it was like oh hey if like we team up and go together like we can protect ourselves better from like jaguars and whatever the fuck else is out there and you and you can one person can hunt and bring back food for everybody Mm -hmm. and then next person go out the next day and all that the whole point of evolution the the way it built up and the way it's supposed to go is the more people you benefit the better off everybody is Mm -hmm. and then at some point probably somewhere along the lines of when capitalism came yes and imperialism (laughs) and all that yeah we lost sight of betterment for the good and greed was we invented systems that allowed greed to take over literally and and now it's you know jeff bezos is sitting on almost 200 billion dollars mm-hmm. while people are being people are starving while three million while three million kids die of hunger every year in right. the world or people are just being evicted mm-hmm. in a covid crisis right? yeah dealing with unemployment yeah being thrown out by I mean? the police by the way protect and serve my ass right and to just basically continuously put people down and to hold people back is what capitalism is set up to do. Yeah. And America is just feeding into it to the point yeah. to where we've elected the imperial image of capitalism as our president. Yeah. Yep. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Like I'm I'm not gonna fret away from the fact that I I was a business major finance major mm-hmm. you know at a certain point i enjoy the idea of the fine things in life which require money mm-hmm. sure so one of my pitfalls may be i'm a part as a, in the american capitalistic society but it's not hard like to see plain as day that we're handing our like real american freedom yeah. like over like in our american democracy over and basically on a silver platter yeah yeah all the big businesses have all the power like they have the power everything and they and they glorify it to a point where they've got people brainwashed that 
anybody can do it mm -hmm. even yeah. though there's only like 500 billionaires Literally. in the country out of 320 we're all chasing people. it you know what yeah. i mean like and it's like there's nothing like i'm not here to knock anyone's hustle but there are so many people in this world who don't have that privilege yeah to chase and that's why it's, that's a disadvantage that's not fair because it shouldn't be i get to eat more because i worked harder and now you and your families have to suffer yeah especially if those families were at a disadvantage to begin with when this person yeah they worked hard but they also had a garage that they could work out of that parents made like millions of dollars too absolutely like, it's it's not even necessarily that they worked harder you could have two parties work the same amount but because one has this one opportunity they know this one person or mm -hmm. their dad is this one person yeah. mm -hmm. that this other family didn't have this other person didn't have exactly. and then that's that's all the difference is like how should, like, that, how should that define yeah how you get to live right you know what i mean like how you get to, to, that, degree, to that degree like, to that, like I, I get it if it's like you know a slight edge right mm -hmm. but with with america it's become everything's just this vast difference mm -hmm. there's a there's a huge gap between huge the, the privileged and the non -privileged. it's gonna, and it's getting bigger yeah yep. you know, one thing i told my lawyer while i was in jail was that you start to sense that arizona sets it's laws up this way to even to keep that gap between the haves and the have nots they set it up so mm -hmm. that they can they can keep that separation pretty clear yeah you know yeah. that and like you hear all about the death of the middle class and like i think that is re starting to really ring true you know, oh, yeah. like you don't really you have like ones who are truly succeeding and not having to cut corners and thriving but that's pretty much based off of who they are where they come from not from this idea of like i worked my ass and i keep on working and mm -hmm. i deserved and i earned it mm -hmm. now it's like we're just passing wealth down yes yeah we're just like moving it down and like i used to like when i saw that the um celebrity you know had the ring and gotten all their kids into these you know universities mm -hmm. you know and like right the persecution and what she had to get was like a slap on the wrist yeah treated as for the most part as like tabloid news but to me it was like the epitome of like what we have to deal with in america in terms of just like opportunity you know what i mean and just yeah. like we think and we get this perception of like oh everyone has this equal opportunity and in the back burner there is just things happening and it all, all involves money mm -hmm. and like who you know and like who's in your network and like so many people black white poor whatever but now but mainly black yeah now like we're already down yeah now we're even down down because like we now it's obvious and apparent that people are using what like they've already established of course to, to keep the playing field even more even than it already is yeah it's not like yeah. when when black people were finally freed they were given a bunch of plots of land to start building their right. wealth literally it was literally the opposite slave owners were reimbursed reimbursed for having to lose their for, slaves yeah for giving their slaves back up and With slaves money and property yeah and slaves were even inclined to go back to their slave owners yeah, yeah. and stay where they had to stay they didn't yeah, have anywhere else did. to go yeah it was they couldn't own land they, they couldn't, couldn't own land, land. they couldn't there, they was, couldn't do anything. there was nowhere for them to go you know what i'm saying yeah. like they, their jail right yeah it was like hey you don't have to work anymore i guess but like if you get to run over 
can't you. go anywhere yeah. right if you start running then we're gonna find a reason to mm-hmm. put you in a certain place to where we get to make you work again right and guess what we have now american prison system yep, yep. and it's like that there's a I, I believe there's a disconnect from generations like our generation and the older generations that don't see that connection and how it is so intertwined which is surprising because like I feel like they'd be able to remember. Seriously. It's, it's not that long ago. Right. 150 years. Literally not that Two long 75 ago. 275-year-olds back to back. That's it's it. It's like, but so we're so quick to forget about it, about things that happen in history. You know? Yeah, like, I, I feel like our generation saw MLK, Black Panther, and, you know, um, Malcolm X movement in the 60s and the 70s and the 50s and were like, that's it. Yep, you we're know? done. We did it's it. Over. We got Racism it. Over. Yeah, like we, we got enough opportunities, guys. Right. Like, like they you know, they were assassinated. Right. And like we lost so many leaders or like how many leaders are literally sitting in prison based on mm-hmm. false allegations mm-hmm. from the Black Panther, you know, movement. Mm-hmm. And it was because like it wasn't equality. We knew that it wasn't equality, but the system saw that we were still pushing for it, took us out by putting, you know, Reaganomics mm-hmm. in our communities, you know, the drug era, you know, and just kept on like putting impoverishing, impoverishing us, excuse me, excuse my word if it's wrong, verbiage if it's wrong, but continuously putting us through a cycle of poverty and adding more to the equation. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, oh, let's throw welfare on there. You know what I'm saying? Oh, let's go ahead and throw more drugs into the community. Mm-hmm authorized by the federal government yeah mm-hmm. you know what i mean and it's like when you start doing that research and you just start seeing that they understood that there was still people in our movement that knew that it wasn't right that we hadn't reached where we needed to be but they knew that they had to stop it yep okay and if they keep on killing it's going to turn into what a race war so let's just shut down these movements and tear down their character put them in prison and set them up yep that's what it felt like I was on the to. news to get the public turned against yeah. them. That's what I felt like I, I was going through in this past week. Like it was like that, you know, it was like they just want to like put me down and make me seem to be somebody that I'm not. Right. So that any public perception that I've gained or garnered through my work is all tarnished. You know, so whenever I do try to get back out, it's like, oh, well, he's this type of person. He's this type of individual. We shouldn't rock with him. You know, we shouldn't right. want to listen to him. We shouldn't want to support him because he may be aggressive. Mm, you know what I mm. mean? Or he may be one of those quote unquote thugs or whatever they want to call us, like yeah. hoodlums or whatever they name they want to put on us to make us be what they know that we're not. Just so that they can, of course, suppress our voice. Yep. And it was, um, I'm glad that I'm here and like, they won't let them do that to me. Hell no. We're going to amplify the shit out of your voice, brother. I'm going to try my best. That's the goal. Just, like, use my voice to even create a bigger platform. And so much love, and this has garnered so much attention and mm-hmm. mustered so much attention from the outside and reignited, you know, people's it has. emotions. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, this is for us as a movement. You know, not yeah. like us as the people, not us as in me and my people or us as in the people who joined me or supported me. Us is in a movement because mm-hmm. we all came together and we all joined together. And like anything that I can do to push what the 
the agenda is, which is like forcing change, waking the valley up, making people realize that systemic racism is so apparent in the Southwest, like so far from the so far from like the rest of America, like you know what I mean? Like we we aren't near the the South and like the Southern Bible Belt, right? But we're still so racist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and people don't so realize racist. it. So it's like whatever it takes for me to like let's get it out there. I'm gonna do that. You know what I mean? And that's for us. Yep. You know, like and that's why like I just want to be able to find like what 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 can I do? What is it? I know it's more than what I've been doing. So now it's like, okay, like do I need to go to law school? You know what I mean? Do I need to really like I'm not a I'm not a fan of politics, but do I need to become a fan of politics? You know what I mean? Do I need to start working from the inside? You know, and like these are conversations that I, I have with myself and I do research on like to try to understand. Mm-hmm. You know? A lot yeah. of activists did go into politics. Yeah. You know? Um yeah. Some go into more community work and community leadership work and just focusing yep. on the community and like what's in the community. It could go a lot of ways. And um, I can't wait. Like, it's just like more of the chapter that I'm in. You know, this is a new, fresh chapter. So it's like more of just like trying to find like, okay, I'm writing, I'm writing my chapter as I go. So like, yeah. what's that next part? Yeah. What's the next part of my story? And I think that's like, the best is yet to come. Absolutely. Not just for me, but just like this entire movement. Yeah. I think so too, yeah. But we had to just stay hopeful. I think that... Um, stay I, hopeful, stay together. Stay together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah like to stay unified mm-hmm. and to keep bringing people on board. I think that um, out here, in my opinion, like the general consensus of what Black Lives Matter truly means has really been skewed. And I think that that's due to just media perception. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like just the like lack of public recognition when it's not trending yeah definitely it doesn't get the attention that it needs to get when it's not being talked about around the rest of the world yeah a lot of people even around here don't even realize what's happening right here in downtown phoenix literally and i'm I'm gonna be honest a lot of people in the jail that i was with it doesn't matter when they went in there they didn't really know about what was happening around the world with the black lives matter movement and brianna taylor Mm-hmm. There's a certain disconnect that a lot of people are privileged enough to have out here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like they can, as long as you are like in the eyes of the like culture out here, American and white, mm-hmm. you don't have anything to worry about for the most part. You know what I mean? So people yeah. don't have to really like, they don't really focus on social injustices and civil rights. Yeah. And it makes sense why Martin Luther King Day was like, took so long to become a national holiday in yeah. the state because out of sight, out of mind. Mm-hmm. There's yep. not a lot of us out here. I mean, not, Columbus Day is still. Columbus Day is still. Like, and I guess that's like fitting because Christopher Columbus is like the epitome of true America. Yeah. And like when you look at the, you know, the dark underside of America that we're all aware of, exactly. but that we're talking about these people who have the privilege to be oblivious to it, aren't aware of like Christopher Columbus is the epitome of that. Really, truly is like it in high school or in, in elementary school, grade school, whatever grade it was first learning about it. I remember learning like simultaneously that Christopher Columbus discovered America, but also that there were Indians here. Yeah. And they taught me that there were Indians first before like later being like, well, they're actually Native Americans, but he called them Indians. Yeah. 
is already here. And it's like, but you're still saying that he discovered America. Right. And there's like, you don't think of it as, well, I didn't think of it in the moment, but like, that's so dehumanizing to be like, yeah, he discovered America. Yeah. There, yeah. There were people there. Like if you didn't know there were people there, like that's one thing, but yeah. they're like, yeah, no, they're, yeah. They don't count. Right. They, they were, they were darker skin. I never, they, I never even thought about it. Like yeah. That. And it's like, well, it was just so like, just thinking back is it's like so crazy. And that's our education system. There's a lot of subtle things like that within our education system and within just society, the news yeah. media, uh, Hollywood, all of it. There's just these subtle things that are constant, just conditioning yep. to get you to force these stereotypes into your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it, it forces the implicit bias that mm-hmm. uh, we were talking about a couple of weeks ago. And it's just, you know, it, I'm, 31 i'm still like real i just realized this the other day about Christopher yeah. Holmes. i'm still realizing all these like little things that were like just one more racist thing that they they pushed on us that- and it's like the more you grow in like that understanding the more you start to realize that it's pretty blatant yes oh yeah you know what i mean it's like hold on i'm not like i'm not the smartest cookie but these people that established these laws knew exactly what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. They were making it to setting it up and positioning the wording, the structure of these laws and just the structure of the way that they present history to mm-hmm. make sure that the white man always came out on top. Yep. Yep. You know what I mean? And you're like, yeah, that's so dehumanizing, right? Like they didn't discover America. You, the, like, as kids in our ignorance like we're like oh wow but the order you get you're like how if there were other people already here you didn't mm-hmm. discover it you came yeah and you, you you were they weren't, they weren't even the first to visit yeah no they mm-hmm. weren't the, i believe like the spaniards were um and the the vikings, vikings. I believe. vikings yeah yeah like yeah people had touched down yeah mm-hmm. in and out like because you decided to take over and establish in a mm-hmm. place that was already occupied you just wanted to spread your white supremacy okay i see you christopher yeah, columbus literally exactly. it's so crazy because like i spent time in, like in my youth in um private schools christian schools and they specifically teach you that it was you know nothing but flowers and candy yeah. when we came yep. yeah that it wasn't like war and mm-hmm. fighting and it wasn't that intense and, and all the disease and all the all the sick, 50 yeah. million none natives, of that gets painted killed. right none of that gets painted or explained to us no. like you know we don't get that side of it. no we get the side of like oh we we got like we sat down we had thanksgiving yeah we had some people they was mad over there but yeah, that was yeah. okay yeah. you know we still made it happen and we came to peace and yeah that's that and even and even on before that if you know, any fighting that they would talk about, they'd be like, oh, well, it's because they're savage yeah. native people. Yeah. Like, they they'll, they'll scalp you and they'll like, yeah. they have all these stories about how fucked up things they do. On, and it's like, online, I get in arguments with and they bring that shit up. I'm like, okay, well, we weren't even supposed to be here. So yeah. your argument is invalid. Literally. Like, right. That should invalidate every argument. <laughs> but it, it's just so frustrating that, like you said, it's played such a big role in conditioning. Mm hmm. Yep. You know, and people don't even realize, you know, how much that really affects you yeah. and affects your perception, like you said, implicit bias on how you just perceive life yeah. and how you perceive race. Yeah. Whether you to, want to admit it or not. Yeah, I have to unlearn things all the time. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. Being, well, that's the thing. You have to self-reflect on it. Mm-hmm. That's the key. And yeah. most Americans don't like to do that. Right? No. Most it, Amer- it's, it's ingrained in American society that, like, 
I'm good. Like, right. I got, I know, I know what I need to know and I don't need to know anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's, a, it's like America, like perfect. It, you said it perfectly. It's just uh, the American way in general. In the day, I'm still, I'm, I'm black, but I'm still an American. Mm-hmm. And one harsh reality that I had to up, you know, like accept in my life as I'm growing older and like Black Lives Matter is forming and the new civil rights movement is forming. One mm-hmm. thing I had to understand was that even I had to unlearn some things. Yeah. Sam. Like we're plagued by more than just race. We're plagued by just this imperialistic, always wanting to be on top, always judging. Yep. You know what I mean? Like just the way of Americans, capitalism mm-hmm. truly is like a plague that has encompassed our culture. It yes. really is. And a lot of it requires unlearning mm-hmm. and taking a step back and saying like, whoa, like, you know, like I didn't know that I was that deep entrenched into this like way of understanding this way of life or like this. Oh yeah. This one way. Like That's one thing that this country and the, the way that like our cultures are set up, is just easy for you to get comfortable in your position and content. And just sit back on the couch and watch your shows yep. on your Netflix. Mm-hmm. Hit up Tinder. You know what I mean? Go to the bar. Get drunk. Not really focus on the issues at hand. Stay in your lane mm-hmm. and enjoy your lane. But don't think that you ever going to move up or out of it. Yep. And that's one thing that, like, that's pretty bad and it's pretty, like, apparent, you know, like, in the Midwest and the South. It is. Like it ties into on the last episode we were talking about sundown towns and it kind of ties into that of just how it wasn't just the South. It was, they're actually more prevalent in the North because mm. once slavery ended and everybody, you know, kind of wanted to get away from all the racist Southerners. Yeah. They moved right. to, you know, White flight. Yeah. To Chicago, Chicago, to yep. Chicago, Los Angeles, yep. whole West coast, really mm-hmm. New York and sundown towns just popped up like everywhere. So just like, not even our not even just the system but just the culture here is meant to is where is basically a white supremacist culture of y'all need to stay where we want you yeah in your and place if you, if you step out of where we want you there's a problem that's Literally. why we get people calling the cops on a barbecue mm-hmm. or calling the cops because there, there was a literally a police officer a black police officer that a white woman called the police on him because she said there's a suspicious looking man dressed as a cop outside what the fuck? that literally happened i'll pull up I'll, I'll pull up that article later That's crazy. And, and put it in one of the episodes but but yeah that was from a few years back but yeah li- literally a, a black police officer which i still don't have quit your job i still don't have you're still a cop but yeah, like even a black police officer too. doesn't have the same privileges as and else, you, you, no matter what you do, no matter what your occupation, no matter yeah. how you dress, no matter, no matter what you do as no a black what. person in America, you will always be a black person in America. No and there will always be an entire culture, an entire system, an entire country built on the fact that they treat you as less. And they want you to stay in your lane, stay in your place. Mm-hmm. And when we speak out and start to push those borders, that's when war crimes happen, as we've seen here in Phoenix. Literally. The country. Literally, yeah. That's exactly like point blank period. That's exactly what we're experiencing right now. Is when you try to step up out of that, they want to put you right back in. And, you know, for me, as a black man, 
And it's just like a kind of like, quote unquote, stay in your lane type of thing. Like, you know, you can express yourself. You can be an athlete. You can do anything that means we can profit off of it. Right, the whole shut up and dribble. Yeah, but the whole shut up and dribble thing. And like, up until the point to where you start actually caring about what's going on in the world. You know what I mean? And like, that's something that really, really affected me because I love sports. And as a black man in America, like, athletes are like your superheroes. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, you truly, truly don't have an image outside in terms of media-wise. Like, your image is of an athlete when it comes to, like, black celebrity success. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And with, like, great, like, when you get thrusted that shine like it comes with so much opportunity you know and i bet there's a heavy weight but it just really hurt like seeing some nfl players you know not like stand with colin kaepernick you know what i'm saying yeah just you know like some athletes choosing not to utilize some musicians you know choosing choosing and making the choice of like okay well i'm just gonna focus on my work you know i'm gonna try to tune this out as much as i can because like at the end of the day, yeah, will it mess with your bottom dollar? Probably, right? Yeah. Like, you know, that's the goal, to try to make you feel like if you speak up, we, we're going to shut you down. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and it's like, that's what they wanted to do with me. Arrest me to try to shut me down. Yep. You know, and to try to, like, make me focus on everything else. Like, damn, where am I going to, like, work now? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how am I going to get my next meal? And, yeah, everything like, what's gonna becomes happen? a, like, yeah. I don't make that. I mean, then you can't focus on what the real issue is. You can't focus on the ones who need it, who need to have like you know. that push, who need those opportunities, who need to have their voices heard, yeah. their stories heard. Yeah. You know, yeah. like you can't focus on that anymore. And unfortunately, there's not a lot of that like in the black community. So shut them down, you know, shut me yeah. up. Yeah, because once you shut me up, you might not get another me for a little while. Yeah, and that that also speaks volumes to uh, again the just the culture in America. If just speaking out against racism could hurt your bottom line as somebody as somebody famous, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people like to think that racism's dead, and oh, there might be like a few out there, sure, but like, yeah, it's not that bad, really. And right. it's like, well, if a celebrity can't make a simple statement without losing a ton of money mm-hmm. and just a statement against racism mm-hmm. without millions of people being like, well, I'm not going to support mm-hmm. you now. Like that speaks volumes to just how many there are in the country and exactly. just the, the, just the magnitude of, of the problem we're facing. And, mm-hmm. America just has done so. Oh yeah. America has some great PR. Yeah. So the police have some fantastic PR. Yeah, it's. it's I mean, it helps that Americans aren't the most educated. So yeah, <laughs> definitely. I think there's a good education, education in tandem with everything mm-hmm. else that they've been they've mm-hmm. been doing. That was one of their techniques, and so it it, it makes it easier to make us capitalist slaves. Mm-hmm. Just, yep, just, just poor word choice, really, but. I mean, well, the minimum wage is ridiculously low. Like the federal minimum right. wage, right? It's is, it's three times lower than it. It should be three times higher. Yeah. If it if it had moved up with inflation, Bezos with inflation. shouldn't be making that much money. While it should be like twenty one or twenty two bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. And it's seven twenty five. 
Not to mention the the uh, prison labor wages yeah. are pennies on the dollar. Who makes right? pennies on dollars? Mm-hmm. Literally pennies on the dollar. Some yep. some even work for free. Yep. Yeah. You know Literally, I mean? and if and if they don't work for free, even if they get that pennies on the dollar, they have to spend it on commissary for yes. things that they need, need while in prison. Yep. It was like that. You know, like um, thankfully for me, they they moved COVID because of COVID. They moved commissary out here to like two times, once every two weeks. I'm thankful that they came during the week while I was in there. They only give sacks of like peanut butter, and I'm allergic to peanut butter. Peanut oh, butter no. So like I'm in there, like I can only eat certain things and trying to stay away from certain things. So I needed my commissary while I was in there. So it was a crazy. Like I got lucky that they like the yeah. week I went in, they had commissary, so I was able thankful, to have the yeah. things. Did I was very thankful for that, and I was thankful for you know just being able to have money on my books at the time. Um, so. Yeah, absolutely. The community showed a lot, a lot of love and support. I'm so thankful for it. Man. Hell yeah. So touch one, touch all. Touch one, touch all, man. Like, you know, like, like that's the moniker we picked up. Mm-hmm. We've been running with it ever since, mm-hmm. especially the ones who have, like, just been on those front lines going hard. And um, you just, like, it felt so good to have that, like, support and that recognition and know that you have people on your side. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Because, like, we're sitting here talking about this system that is like not full of resources they are the resource you yeah know what i mean like they're the ones who call these shots and control everything and like to be one of their main targets and you know like to be someone that they're choosing you know to like focus and hone in on you know it makes you it kind of intimidates you yeah mm-hmm. most definitely yeah they, they flex routinely on protesters Hard. Routinely. Maryville, they Hard. outnumbered us with riot cops. Every time, right? Still ran from those sprinklers, though. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> Maryville? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're all trying to be all intimidating. Run like, <laughs> away! Right. Right. scattering. Oh, my God. Those were the two best nights of, of like, the entire night. was. Outside of the first couple of nights when you know it got intense and you know they decided to throw the tear gas and all of that maryville was so emotionally tense it was so meaningful Mm -hmm. yeah really came together and we sought out for what was needed that was direct action yeah that shit felt good yeah and like it felt good like and I'm not, I'm like, I, I was like, as soon as I saw the video, James Garcia, you know, like I said, put it out. We were still a part of We Rising. Put it out. We got to, we're, we're going down there. And we had learned, we had been studying tactics. And, you know, like one thing is crazy because we're talking about like how corporations don't like, you know, they choose what they want to focus on in terms of supporting and social justices right. and things like that. Well, you don't hear any talk about China, you know what I'm saying? And what's going on in the protest movement. But when you really start doing your research and digging in and you see like, oh, they know how to protest. Mm-hmm. You know, and like you start picking up on their tactics. We say, no, we're not gonna go downtown. We're gonna go to where James Garcia was killed. You know, like we're studying and like trying to develop ways to become more effective. Mm-hmm. But we go to his community, go right. to the place where he laid his head mm-hmm. and bring awareness to that community. Yeah. March around that community mm-hmm. and go to that precinct where the officer he has to report to. Because that's where he patrols at. Yep. Put that type of yep. pressure on them. Definitely. Play a better game and play a stronger game. And it just came from like just really researching and like pulling up and doing like 
watching documentaries on what was happening in Hong Kong, seeing their methods, yeah. seeing their tactics, and shout out Hong Kong and anybody in the protest world, like across the entire world. Absolutely, you know, like, we stand with you. Stand with you 100%. Um, and keep fighting. You know, like yeah. it, you, we, we're learning from one another. Definitely. You know what I mean? Like we're truly learning from one another. And it's up like personally watching what happened in Minneapolis. It, I know that that took a lot. As, as much chaos as we saw, like I know for a fact that a lot of it was probably coordinated, mm-hmm. organized, yeah. planned. And that's what it took for them to dismantle the system out there and mm. show like what an example of really dismantling the system is. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So like it's it's a beautiful thing, and like we took our time, and we were out. We were, we were like, okay, we're gonna go out there, and like those couple of days were full of emotion, full of emotion. And our emotion kind of died down. You know, we let some things get the best of us. Yeah. But we 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 could have been out there. Like honestly, the goal is to bring awareness. You know, people think like, oh, you want attention. Yes, but not for us. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. I want attention. Yeah. Bring the attention. Just for I'm not it's not for the movement towards yeah. them. You know what I mean? Towards police brutality. Towards people people the, gotta know. Exactly. You need to bring that. And we were going so hard, I know for a fact we would have brought so much attention the the second night. The second night and the, and if we would have went back the third night, we would have brought so much attention. It would have probably been the end of my protest career because they were just so much tension. Oh yeah, you know we cared so much because we had been out here in the summer heat. Mm-hmm. We've been fighting for over three weeks. We had been marching, telling these police, and then all of a sudden, and do it again. Mm-hmm. Yep. What you know? We about to go crazy. You right. know what I'm saying? Like we not about to. Sit, I'm. I'm not. I'm not about to sit here and keep on thinking like oh, it's not about to be marching, 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 and little flags and signs. No, we're gonna be out here all night. We're going to keep your people up. I was waiting. No. I thought we would be out there all night. Um, we yeah. were all ready, weren't we? Like, mm-hmm. we were so ready. I was, yes, I was a part of leadership, but I was one of the ones that said, yeah, keep me here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm on the front lines at all times. And if I'm not, I'm in the back just looking out. But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, I don't want to go nowhere. Mm-hmm. Especially, like, to, you didn't, you've literally, like, slayed someone in their car yeah. while they're yeah. sitting and you surround the vehicle and you don't try to de-escalate. In their own driveway. In their driveway. And you don't de-escalate. You don't even give them the opportunity. And you watch the video and you can tell it may be a mental health thing. Like He may have needed to just speak to somebody to calm him down for a little second. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, like it sucks. Like it sucks whatever you're going through, whatever you're with. You don't, no one deserves to be have that pressure placed on them because you don't know because like you don't know how people are going to react yeah the officer needs to de-escalate they need to like try to calm they don't need to be there in the first place yeah yeah bring someone that doesn't involve a a, evolve a weapon right first right that immediately escalates when you bring a weapon into into play especially if you're a minority Mm -hmm. you thinking like you in there okay i could get my brains blown out Uh one wrong move like when i got pulled over the second time I'm not driving. I'm in the passenger seat and they know I'm in the car. So they rush my side, mm-hmm. swing the door open and they yank me out. Well, I have my seatbelt on. So I'm trying to reach for my seatbelt. And in the midst of all of that, I end up with a gun drawn to my head. Jesus. 
Now imagine if I'm like, you know, like if I rush for the seatbelt because they're about to yank me out. I'm not about to lose my. I already have a torn um, rotator cuff. Or yeah, rotator cuff. Yeah. You already know. That shit hurts. So you about to strain it or probably pull it even more. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I like. I wasn't trying to go through that. I'm not trying to lose lose all right. everything I have. So I brush it. Imagine if I brush even faster. I could have lost my life. You could have anyway. I mean, yeah. I mean look, look, at, look at Philandro Castile Literally. doing everything right. Literally. I, honestly, every time they put me in a transport, I'm putting a seatbelt on me. I'm not trying to go down. You're not going to Freddie Gray me. You know what I mean? Who's Freddie Gray? You don't, they don't, they're not aware. Mm-mm. You know, like uh, they tune out that side of what's going on in America because they know that it's apparent. And mm-hmm. that, that guilt probably plays into him. No, you're human. You're going to have that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's... I mean, we, we talked about it in one of the episodes in, in Gilbert. A cop tried to rip me out of my car. Uh, it was the, the bicycle cops. Just, like, rolled up on... Uh, like As I was, like, backing out to leave this parking lot we were in, he, like, basically, like, came speeding towards me basically like slammed into my door, like was like trying to wrench my door open. This was locked. So he didn't open it. And then starts like pounding on my window, telling me like, fucking stop. I'm just like, where you, where did you come from a protest or were you just, that out? was a, that was a whole like messed up situation. It was, we went to a protest and we were misinformed on what it was. It was, it was in a government building mm. in like inside. Mm. It was like a sit in type there was a meeting or something that, that, that people were right. like listen to and whatever. And we were not aware that that's what it is. So like we rolled up, like not necessarily going to describe it, but like you've seen me out there. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking like that mm-hmm. and like, we're just kind of like, uh, okay, we just rolled up to a government building. Like, like let's, that. let's like leave <laughs> and like, and like regroup and everything. Cause I'm like, I'm strapped and, like, right. and everything. So I'm like, uh, yeah, these, these are, and they, like, these are real frontliners. Yeah. They, they not call Phoenix frontlines for no reason. <laughs> yeah, Don't no get it shit. wrong. Like they are really frontline people out here. So that is, that's not the situation you want to be in. And that, yeah. no. So I was like, but I had people with me and like it was recording and everything. But like the, he was like, he asked me like if I knew why he was like stopping me. And I'm like, no. And he was like, your headlights were off. And this is at like six ish. It's not even dark yet. It's like, wow. The sun's going down, but it's not dark. Reason like no reason. Right. And on top of that, the two cars I was with two other cars I was with didn't have their headlights on either. And we're right there. Did they notice that you were black? Mm, uh, they had to th- have. That, that must have been because the other two drivers were white. Yeah. And the other vehicles. So. Yeah. So hey, Gilbert is. You said Gilbert. Yeah. I went there. I went to Eden Gilbert for the first time right before I got arrested, and I was like, I'm never coming back here if I don't have to. Just something just told me like I don't really like the vibe out here. Gilbert's weird. Gilbert's a very weird vibe. Very Mormon. Yeah. Like. So it was um. The Trump signs, and I don't mind seeing that, but there's just a vibe, mm-hmm. you know, as a minority, as a black man, and it just goes back to this conditioning thing, you know, mm-hmm. it's something that re- I really think about a lot, you know, how people just fail to even realize how conditioned they are, but, yeah. you know, just as a man, as a black man, you go into places and you just sense being looked at, you know what I'm saying? It's like the yeah. further out I go in the Phoenix Valley, the more I feel it. You know what I mean? Like when I go to Queen Creek or yeah. if I go to like the Gilberts, like 
Maricopas and, and people are like, huh? What are you doing? Yeah, like and it's like. I mean, I even got weird looks. Not probably not as many, but I was out. I lived in Gilbert with my girlfriend at the time, mm-hmm. and like even going to like the local fries, I was like, I miss Tempe. Like this is weird. Can, yeah, this is weird. It is. Yeah, it's really weird. It's um, so I can only imagine how it's yeah. it's gets an aura. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And if coming from somebody who like I'm not afraid, I don't have any fear. But it's just like you want to make sure like you're in places of comfort. You know, like I couldn't live in Gilbert, right? No, nah, you'd, you'd be on edge all the yeah, time. Yeah, I feel like cause... I'd be on edge, especially as in my youth. You know, if, if I were to move out there and and lived in a nice scenario like people would be like well how did he get that he does this eyes always on you and even as the older you get people are always gonna be looking at you and you're the only one in your community something mm-hmm. goes wrong they are they can all point in your direction yeah you know what i'm saying and it's like that is so it's still prevalent in our society but mm-hmm. it's still very prevalent you know, like, yeah very much so it's really rampant you know what I mean, and it's like it makes it makes me understand like there's a real fight, and like it's it's on so many different fronts. You know, it's like on like a spiritual, like emotional, like it really starts inside, like getting people to like show empathy. You know, and then of course on top of that, like really getting people like pushing policies and putting people who we know mm-hmm. support the revolution the right way, putting them in yep. position so that we're infiltrating the system. You know, and like, there's just so many friends that we have to keep fighting on. Yeah. So much that we have to do. So much. To like keep showing that we're not going to back down until mm-hmm. we get the respect and get the recognition that we deserve. Yep. Absolutely. Like people are still out there. Yeah. We're still here. Still here. Yeah. yeah. You know, like and there's like, there's so much that like we could pick a topic and sit here and just go down like and just talk about and like divulge us as black men mm-hmm. and like, like literally go on and on and on mm-hmm. but probably information and experiences that a lot of people out here they don't understand yeah and it's like now it's about figuring out like okay we need to how can we turn their ear you know how can we get them to like listen and get like garner that like attention yeah. you know yeah that's the first step is getting them to listen and that's hard i bet it's a tough it's a tough obstacle it's just i don't know how to like explain in a simple straightforward way that uh certain people just live their lives in america and have representation Mm -hmm. whereas others have to literally fight every day to be represented and Mm -hmm. aren't in most cases they're they're losing that fight in a lot of situations i know know that a lot i know that the minority like representation is completely like you know tainted you know what i mean and like we don't have proper representation it's not barack obama no you know and it's like it's no disrespect to him who he is but that's not who that's not who the youth or the black american is in america you know it's no. not that's not he doesn't represent our plight he had he to make speak a lot of I imagine a lot of changes to be able to get to that position right literally right yeah. so how can he be the face you know, and they try to like taint our image by bringing these entertainers who portray on the entertainment side like what it is and or who black, what the black is. Mm-hmm. You know, now like the Democrats trying to bring Cardi B, 
You know what I'm saying? And just like yeah. paint images and paint narratives that don't even apply to us, not all of us. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like there's so many of us who are very aware of what's going on in politics and how flawed the two party system that has disenfranchised black people, Republicans and Democrats. Mm-hmm like how flawed and messed up it is and mm-hmm. how like they just pin us down to like pick the lesser of two evils. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we don't have that representation. Why? Because they know if we, if we start coming to the forefront and we start using our voice and really putting that in the mainstream, it has shut everything down. Mm-hmm. It has shut everything down. It would. Down. They'd lose all that power. They've worked so long and so hard to build up and maintain you know and i i might like i would tell people in jail like i have faith that you know what we're doing on the outside is going to work but like there's so many elements like we need to have like i, I want to figure out ways we can help people who are inside gain that education you know that and like cool. put that like classes or like self-education or like you know sit around and talk about like Maybe like figure out how to have like police brutality discussions and things like that in jails. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like there's a, that's a start. You know what I mean? You gotta attack it on all fronts. All fronts. All fronts, and it's that's like, um, that's like my new responsibility. Like what I want to learn is like how I can get to that point. Like how can I attack it and like or figure out my way of being able to like, mm-hmm. you know, lay the smack down. Damn right. <laughs> Oh shit, the sound of war crimes means that this conversation has gone on longer than planned. Not that I had anything specific planned for this episode, but it did tend to go quite a bit longer than our usual episodes. So I'm going to break this into two parts. We'll conclude today with this part, and part two will be back next week. And we'll have more with Lee Percy Christian. Don't forget to follow us on socials, Instagram and Twitter, at PHX Frontlines. Find us on Facebook, search for Phoenix Frontlines. And as usual, stay safe. Stay strong and fuck 12. 12. We love you.